You have a lot to focus on every day. Let Virginia Premier focus on your health coverage. Our health plan is only focused on Virginia, so we can connect you with quality health care and local resources. Our added benefits give you more value on top of your medical and drug coverage from Virginia Medicaid. See our benefits at virginiapremier.com slash Medicaid and have your whole family with the same health plan. Virginia Premier, focused on Virginia, focused on you. I have, this is a dirty game, bro. And what I've always said is all is fair in love, war, and challenges, 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 and challenges. Welcome to another edition of Love, War, Challenges. I am MTV Malik, and I'm joined by Becky Veto and Antonio, a.k.a. The Bananas Defender. What's really good, guys? How was your week so far? It's been dragging. Dragging how? You had an exciting week. You just went to Vegas. I came back from Vegas, so this week has been dragging ever since, but... Catching up so, on my uh, sleep. No cocaine and hookers in Vegas? What happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. Ooh. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> I respect it. I respect it. Lots of drinks. No doubt. Yo, so tell us about Vegas. You went to that other podcast uh, event, right? Yeah. Challenge Mania. I'm not afraid to say <laughs> the name. <laughs> <laughs> I went to Vegas on Thursday and I met up with some people that I know that live there. Then Friday I was hanging out with um, Chico Spears. Me and him were pretty tight. and um, He cool. Yeah. And we were leaving a bar and I saw Leroy walking and so we didn't necessarily chase him but we walked pretty fast to catch up to him. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, when we got there you know he called, we say hey Lee and like you know he he's all friendly hugging us telling us like oh you guys from here thanks for coming out you know whatever. And he's like, oh, y'all want to go with me to the bar that Kayla works at? Everybody's over there right now. And we're like, oh, wow. Okay, sure. Oh, that's dope. So we went with him and, you know, we met everyone from the event the night before. So it was pretty dope. And we're sitting there drinking with them and then, uh, you know, getting to chill with them on a different level than the big event. There was only like about 10 of us there. So who so who from Stan Twitter did you actually see while you was out there? Holy shit. I saw a lot of people. Um, Shaboogies. And I saw... Um, I don't know. There's a lot of people that met me. I don't know any of the cool. big names, but then there's a lot of people that listen to our podcast. We're actually surprised that um I was a host on the podcast. So kind of interesting to get some um attention. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm sure you deserved every every ounce of it. TJ showed up. It was dope. Did he? Yeah, he showed up unannounced. That was pretty dope. And then I guess that the Big dope. Brother winner from last season showed up, but I kind of wasn't excited about it because I don't watch Big Brother. I know the girl who you're talking about. She was like, I think she's like Hawaiian or Pacific yes. Islander, and she plays football or something like that. Yeah, she came um, at the end of the event, but like I said, I wasn't like too thrilled because I don't watch Big Brother. So, But that was exciting for a lot of people. She was really friendly. Yeah, she seems like a great personality. 
All right. So bananas, how was your week? All right. So this week I went to the gym. I'm here and I went to work and I slept. So if you ask me, that's a pretty exciting week. <laughs> yes. Once again, I do want your whole entire life. Gift Master Bex, how was your week? Uh, you know, I guess it's been pretty busy. I have been interviewing for a new job. Uh, that's going well. Just waiting for my drug test and my background check to come in, and then I'll... Well, that's interesting. What kind of strip club makes you get a drug test? <laughs> <laughs> oh, wow. really? Okay. You know what? <laughs> Fuck you, you bastard. But no, it's not a strip club. Although I kind of wish, because, you know, strippers make a lot of money. They make bank, so That's I'm not going to lie. kind of wish I was, you know, that, but not quite. But I will be hopefully getting this job soon. And I basically went to Six Flags a bunch of times. And uh, is yours like a big one, like with hella dope rides? Yeah, because oh, the one here is actually huge. Yeah, no, I, yeah, yeah, no, it's the huge. one in California is wild. Yeah, it's fucking terrible, pathetic. I mean, you've been to the 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 one out here, right, Malik? You used to be from Chicago. Never, and no, I'm not. Oh no, you're from New York. That's right. Never mind. Big Apple, New York. Hold on one second. Did did my New York Yankee tattoo, my Statue of Liberty tattoo. And New York Giants tattoo, give me away that I might be from New York. No, you're just a fan. <laughs> just you're a just fan. You're just a little fanboy. All right. So before we get into this episode, we actually got a word from one of our favorite couples, Corin Pauly. Let's hear what they had to say. What up, Malik? This is Cara Maria. This is a shout out to the Love, War, and Challenges podcast to Antonio, you know, Bananas Defender. Uh, Becky and Vera. I'm also here in the car with Polly. What up? And um, I just wanted to tell you guys a funny story. We were just hanging out with Cam and Leroy in Vegas. The in Vegas, Vegas of Atlantic, uh, City. Atlantic City. So New Jersey's Vegas. Um, and while me and Cam were in the bathroom, apparently these little 15-year-old girls were scoping out Lee and Polly being like, oh my god, that's Lee and Polly from the challenge. And so Lee looks up and goes, yo, what's up? You want a picture? And the dad immediately turns over and is like, they're only 15. And Lee was like, oh shit, son. Like, I was just going to take a picture. Like, I'm not like that, yo. And, they ain't trying um, to fuck 15-year-olds like other cast members. So anyways, Polly was like, Polly's like, no, it ain't like that. Like, it ain't like that. It ain't even like that. It ain't even like that. Our boyfriend, I mean, our boyfriends. Our, our girlfriends, girlfriends are in the bathroom. On TV. So, dogs so, want pictures. So they're outside being like, come on, Cam. Come on, Cora. Come on, get Cam out and Cora, get out of the bathroom right now. So we did. The dad was like really ready to just like murder Polly and Leroy for looking at their daughters once their daughters were like checking out. When realistically, out. their daughters were looking at us. Well, they have good taste. Anyways, um, I just want to give a shout out. I adore you guys. I had so much fun when I did the podcast with you. You're totally awesome. And anyways, rock on with your podcast. And thanks for having us. And hopefully we can give you some more funny stories soon. And don't mind me. It's been.
<laughs> her face during through the whole thing was so cute. Yes, yeah, she's always a good time. What do you guys make of Polly calling out other cast members for attempting to fuck fifteen year olds? So, do we always spicy. throw the pox? I feel like we're when this gets out, we're gonna get like so much hate again for it. Probably catch a few more blocks here and there. Like, come on. You know what? It's the off season. Everybody's just a little bit nicer. But on to the next one. Let's get into the season twenty five <laughs> free agents cast breakdown. You guys ready to do this yep. shit? Yes, sir. Yes. All right. Bananas, why don't you take it off with the No, first... I want the uh, I want the it? last. Because bananas at the bottom. Why? Because bananas don't you are literally like five years old. <laughs> Like, I gotta Just say gonna his stomp name. Stomp your feet. <laughs> Let me talk about I wanna it. do it. You know how, like, the kids, they're always like, I wanna sit by Aaron. <laughs> I don't like yeah, it. Right. Right. like me saying, I no, I need first. to say Kara's name. All right, so for the guys, we got Chet, originally from Real World Brooklyn. This is his fourth season. We got Dustin from Real World Las Vegas. This is his third challenge season. And then we got Frank from Real World San Diego. This is his third season. And he does have a previous one. And we got Brandon from his fourth season. And then we got Isaac from Real World City in his second season. That should be fun. And we also got Swift from Real World Thomas. He's going to be a rookie. Next, we got Jordan from Real World Portland. It's his second season. Then we got Preston from Real World New Orleans. It's his third challenge appearance. Then we got Kahuta, you know, from just did a season of the island. Now he's back on free agents. Leroy from Real World Las Vegas, his fourth challenge season. Now we got CT from Real World Paris, his ninth challenge season. And Zach from Real World San Diego, his third challenge appearance. And Johnny Riley from Real World Portland. It's his rookie season. And then we got my man, Johnny motherfucking Bananas. His tenth... His tenth... His... I literally just, can't. I, I don't know. Yeah, it's get your shit together. Tenth challenge, and you know, it's going to be a good one. Now on to whoever with the girls. Then we have Emily from the real world Cancun for her second season. We have Naya. She's a rookie, and she's coming off of the real world Portland. We have Latoya, who's also a rookie, and she's coming from the real world St. Thomas. All right, John A., who is also from the Real World Cancun. She, this is her fourth challenge season. Then we have Anissa from Real World Chicago. This is her 10th season. Then we have Jessica from the Real World Portland. This is her second season. Cara Maria, my main girl. This is her seventh challenge season. And after Cara, we have Teresa. And this is her fifth season. Coming up behind her is Devin from the Real World Brooklyn. This is her second challenge. Nani from the Real World Las Vegas, bringing in her third challenge season. And last but not least, we have the Beast, Laurel. This is her fourth challenge season. Coming on in last. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Love War Challenges. What's good? What up, Malik? This is Cara Maria. This is a shout out to the Love War and Challenges podcast. You're totally awesome. So let's go ahead and jump into the episode. So no one really knows what the game is or what it's really about. And there are challenges on both sides of the aisle. 
Kara is hoping for a group challenge while Jordan wants an individual. And then TJ arrives. This challenge marks a very special milestone. This is the 25th season of the challenge. And this season, you all have been chosen to be here for a reason. I've seen you guys compete as teams, as pairs, and as individuals. I've heard every excuse in the book as to why you didn't win the challenge. You had a terrible partner, or you had a horrible team. And some of you winners call yourselves champions when you were the worst player on the best team. Rookies, you guys always have a target on your back just for being new. Well, we're changing it this season. No more excuses, you guys. It's time for you to prove that you're truly the best. I'd like to welcome everybody to the challenge. Free agents. a free agent. Nobody's heard anything like this before. I'm a little confused, a little scared. What does that mean? For the first time ever, before every challenge, you're going to be randomly selected for either a team, a pair, or be asked to go at it alone. You will never know until you get to the challenge that day what it's going to be. Now, no one knows what this really means. So it's a mixed format between individual pairs, and groups. Winners are safe and will pick a guy and girl for elimination, and then the draw is introduced. Get ready for another twist, you guys. Everyone that lost the challenge that day are going to take part in what's known as the draw. The draw is where two players, one guy and one girl, are selected by pure chance to go against the two nominated players in the elimination round. You could literally get picked at a moment's notice and have to go into the elimination. I did not sign up to play in the Hunger Games, and I do not like this at all. It's going to be guys against guys and girls against girls. Whoever wins stays in the game. Whoever loses, you're done. You're going home. This is an individual game for a total of $350,000. Third place gets 15k. Second place gets 35k. First is $125,000, and this is going to go out to both sexes. So I think this is bullshit, honestly, how you have Theo this season who made, what, $250,000 just coming in second place, and first place is getting half of that. Like, how does that make sense? That's total bullshit. Well, you know, not really. You know, Nolan Ryan is one of the greatest pitchers of all time but he's probably not going to make as much money as like a Noah Syndergaard these days. That's because back in the back in the 90s, they're not getting the same kind of contracts that 2015 was making. The challenge has only gotten bigger and better and it's only making more money. Viacom has had a record year this year. So, they're able to give out more money for these kind of things. Just back then, that wasn't the price, that wasn't the market. So, I kind you know, I I definitely but understand it. You're comparing the 90s. This is what less than 10 years ago. And this is, not, this is what, five years ago. The price of money doesn't change that much in five years. The challenge itself, I feel like had better ratings back then than it does now. Yeah, and listen, War of the Worlds was some of the best ratings that they've seen pretty much since and Bananas before, took Sarah's money. And that was after Free Agents. I think before, uh, prior to Rivals 3 and between, I don't know, around... Just that era of the challenge was the best I think the challenge has ever seen. Really? Better 
better than them with guys like Turbo You've and seen Theo. Them for one got season, Olympians and certified reality season, stars. What they could bring to the table a second, a third, or fourth season. When I, I know when I... You, you know what it sounds like? It sounds <laughs> like we got a cup of haters. A cup of haters. <laughs> He's got some haterade out there. He's just mad. All right. I do hear what you're saying, though. You don't feel like it's been a long enough time for the money to go up this much. But MTV but, and, and Viacom feels like take the legacy away from people, too. Because you give Bananas, for example. He's won the most challenges, and he's, I think, top five money he's made. Then you have, I don't know, Ashley. No, um, old Turbo, let's just say. Turbo, first season, he's already top two for after one final win. Like, that's insane. Theo's top 15 and hasn't even won yet. It's, hey, that's how it goes. That's how it goes. We can only hope that they get paid more. But let's go ahead and move <sighs> on. So, now that we got the money figured out, so now we know what we are dealing with. What do you guys think of this format? And who do you think this format will benefit the most? I love this season. This is this format, honestly. This is the, this is my first season, and, and this is like the perfect format, the perfect thing to get someone into the challenge. Like, honestly, if I think if I saw, I don't know, Dirty Thirty or say War of the Worlds or Final Reckoning, I don't think I probably would continue watching the show because their format wasn't as strong as this one. Veto. I actually really like this format just because you never know and you can't prepare for what's coming. You know, TJ literally tells you that day, in that moment, what you're doing and how teams are being selected and whatnot. So I think that it's good. And um, I think that this format will definitely benefit the rookies the most, I think. Really? Yeah, I, I think so because their chances of, yeah, of course, you know, they do. somebody does have to be chosen for elimination. But however, it gives you more of a chance to be on a good team to protect it a little bit more than you would be if you were just on solid two-person teams. That's a good point. I definitely do love this format. I think it's great. Um, I think it's great in its unpredictability. You can't really predict what's going to happen, and that's going to keep a lot of the, that. That's going to keep the free agents on their toes. The people who I think is going to benefit the most is definitely going to be the veterans, mainly because one, no matter what group they're in, they're probably going to have the numbers, and two. A lot of those veterans are good at winning dailies. And if you're good at winning dailies, you are going to get far. That's Bananas. That's Jordan. That's Laurel. They win dailies. Surprisingly, not the greatest for people like CT, who actually operates better on a team. Even though by himself, he is fearsome, even though he does have a very suspect elimination record. But let's move on. And everybody's scared of him. Let's just be honest there. Nobody wants to see CT in elimination. Now, CT is super confident. And it's time for the annual Mad Dash to the Crib, which is one of the most elaborate challenge houses I've ever seen. I mean, that house looks dope as fuck. Bananas does his toast. Jordan is coming in single. And Emily, Laura, and Camilla grabs his eye. Jasmine, <laughs> she wants to be the whore of the challenge. So trying to hook up. I want to be the whore of the challenge. Absolutely. I want and balls every day, all day. 
the way she said it. I love it. how she oh said God. that. It was too funny. Yo, Jasmine was live as fuck back then. This whole season is brought to you by Jasmine shaking her ass. It was definitely dope. Yeah. Jasmine was always someone who was just always down to party and have a good time. She was always a ball to watch. So I'm actually really excited to see her on this season. And the house always needs people like that. So Isaac got the crew taking shots out of a lemon, but Leroy isn't a big fan of the format. I don't like it. I mean, it's too much to chance. We yeah, can't I don't like it, game. bro. Like, I'm going to keep it 100, bro. I don't like it at all. Like, you could be coming in, like, top three every time, but that doesn't matter. Nope. You know, you're sooner or one. later, it's a numbers game. Your name's going to get called. Jasmine brings up the fucking, and Nani <laughs> mentions Kohada. <laughs> 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 Just the way you say it, Malik. Yes. Well, she brings up the fucking, and Nani mentions Kohada and Johnny because Johnny and Avery had just recently broken up. Dustin tells Bananas that he and Heather separated, but he agreed to a pact that he wouldn't hook up with anyone, which I, I, I don't really get. Um, Is Dustin's pact with Heather realistic for a season on the challenge? No. But, uh, if you're going into the challenge house and your relationship isn't the strongest, that's not a safe place for it. Yeah, I mean, that, that's facts. Look, a great example, honestly, is Kara and Abram. I, I, remember what se- I can't remember the season for some reason. I don't know why. I think it was what? Bloodlines. Uh, Bloodlines, yeah. I mean, Kara and Abram weren't the strongest at the time, and she ended up cheating on him with Thomas. That's something you... If you're in that situation... If you do not want to put yourself in that situation. This one's a little bit different, though. I would agree. Because he's saying that he didn't, he made that pact because he didn't want to embarrass her. What's her name? Heather? Yeah, exactly. so he didn't want to embarrass her. Uh, and so I feel like I understand where the intentions of the pact were, but it's kind of unrealistic to maintain. But it's a little bit different than the Kara and Abram, just because they're not together. Like, they're clearly broken up. That's a yeah, fact. That's true. Becky? I mean, at the end of the day, they're both single and are going to enjoy their time together. I think that it is very hard to say that you won't hook up with somebody. There's alcohol. There's hot people. I think it's too difficult for someone to ever make that promise. I think it's honorable that he tried, but I don't think it's going to work out. So the house shifts over for a one-on-one basketball matchup of strip basketball between CT and Teresa. Now, they both can ball. Teresa thinks people can finally see that she can compete. CT gets all the way down to his briefs and make a long-distance J, and he wins it in a close one. Later on, Loro and Carver talk shop. Loro is hoping people can see a softer side of her. <laughs> the, the softer side of Loro. <laughs> the, the softer Where? side of Loro. But she still wants to be dominant. She's like, oh, I want everybody to see the softer side of me while I fuck you up. So that should be interesting. Um, Jess wants to avoid all the drama, but is drawn to Dustin. And Dustin's into her too. And then Devin brings us our first clue. Hey guys, we got our first clue. All right. Tomorrow is your first challenge. Let's start off on a high note and determine who will actually be a real contender this evening. Be ready to leave at 7 a.m. 
Now let's get on to this daily. The crew is bused to the World Trade Center in Montevideo, and it's obviously a heights challenge, being that the Uruguay World Trade Center is 42 stories tall. The name of the daily is going to be Out on the Ledge. Welcome to the first challenge on this season of Free Agents. This is Uruguay's World Trade Center, the tallest building in the country. So you know we had to do our first challenge here. All right. Today's game is called Out on a Ledge. First, we're going to put you guys into two teams of 14. How we're going to get these teams is I'm going to draw your names out of a hat, one guy and one girl. And those are going to be our team captains. This game is going to be played in three stages. Stage one is six players, three guys and three girls. These players are going to be chained together, and they're going to race this key up 42 stories. Now, once you reach the rooftop, you're going to give this key to your four teammates that are waiting at stage two. They're standing at a locked box. Inside that locked box are puzzle pieces. Once the puzzle is completed, they'll get another key. That key has to go to the players at stage three. In stage three, Four players are gonna be chained to a plank that runs off the side of this building. Once unlocked, these players, one by one, are gonna walk off the edge of this building to a rolling log suspended 450 feet above the street. Jesus At the end of the rolling log, there's a bell. Your goal is to ring that bell as fast as you can. This first challenge is crazy, absolutely crazy. And it is going to set the bar for the rest of the time that we're here. This is a timed event, so the team with the fastest time win today's challenge. They will not only be safe from elimination, they will also be choosing one guy and one girl to send in. The rest of the losing team is gonna be taking part in the draw. You don't wanna be the first person sent home. The only way to not go home is by winning the challenge. All right, let's get these teams started. Good luck. Naya is chosen as a captain for the girls and Chet for the boys. So Naya picks Jordan, Laurel, CT, Anissa, Kohada, Nani, Bananas, Devin, and Johnny Raleigh. Chet picks Camilla, Frank, Cara, Zach, Johnny, Dustin, Teresa, and Isaac. Naya is assigned Preston because no one picked him, and Chet got Toya. So now we know what everybody thinks of them. Now, most of us remember how spicy things got and real-world Portland, especially in the last two episodes. Do you guys think that Johnny and Naya will be able to work together? I mean, Jordan. No. Naya and Johnny, because she attacked him with she the... She beat the fuck out of Avery and him. Yeah, with the hair dryer. Yeah, we're going to get into the... Oh, no, no, that was... We're going to get into the Jordan and Naya thing later. Oh, no, that's... No, that was what? Jordan and Naya didn't get along on their season no, that was either. Right on... They didn't get 30. along, but she didn't get physical with him. No, no, I meant the physical thing. The last two episodes, that was Rivals yeah, yeah, 3. Yeah, 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 it was Rivals physical. 3. Uh, my fault, my fault, my fault, my fault. Yeah. Exodus 2. Yeah, <laughs> same shit. Same difference. You know what? Hey, Veto, kick it off. Um, I think they'll be fine. There's a lot of different people involved in this and a lot of different tasks, so it's not really like the two of them necessarily need to work together. Obviously, they have that common goal. They want to win today, so they're going to work together to get it done. I got you. Becky? I think anybody can make things work for a very short period of time. So, I mean, they don't have to work together the entire season. So I think they're going to be able to put aside their differences just for this hour or two of a challenge. That's right. People will do anything for money. Bananas? 
I agree, but I also disagree with something. I think they'll be because they're both rookies, and they're gonna they're gonna end up valuing valuing each other's you know relationship more so because they're rookies. They need the numbers on their side, especially when you have that familiar face. You're gonna rely on that person a lot more. So I feel like they'll they definitely both want to win, but I feel like their friendship will get stronger throughout the season. All right. Uh, do you guys think it's fucked up that Preston and Toya were picked last? Do you guys feel like they were slept on? Becky? I mean, I think Toya might have been. I think that just because she's a rookie and nobody really knows what she can do, she kind of got left behind. Preston, I'm really not surprised at, though. He's very lanky. He's not very athletic. I don't blame them for picking him last. Okay, Bananas? I mean, someone has to get picked last every time, right? So it, you can't really take offense to it. It's more of a, you know, who do I see first? Who's, who do I think is going to do great in this? You can't take offense to it. It's going to be different every week, except for, except for Preston. What? Y'all sleep on Preston. He gets, he gets picked last like almost <laughs> yeah, because every because everyone week. sleeps on him, poor guy. Not even that good. How do you know? We haven't even seen anything this season yet. Just from Rivals 2 when he was partners with Knight. Come on. Alright, I've seen the season before. Battle of the Seasons? Yeah. Anyway, I would look at Preston and I probably would have picked him just for the long legs and knowing that people have to run. He could have been good. Or, I mean, I don't know him personally, but maybe he's smart. Maybe he would have been good at the puzzle. Like, you know, they knew all the tasks before they picked their team, so I feel like he probably could have fit in one of the categories. As LaToya, I mean, honestly, yeah, you know, um, she's another one. Like, you don't – she's a rookie, though, so it's kind of hard to put your choices, you know, pick her when you don't know if, what she's capable of. She could be dumb and slow and all these other things. You don't want to get stuck with something like that. That's a fact. Can't judge a book by its cover. What bothers me the most is that, though, um, why was CT picked second? For Naya's team, and why wasn't he on the stairs? This is CT's like prime in shape body. He's huge. If you put him in the front, no one is gonna get around him. That's what happened when what was it Frank for Chet's team, right? He was in the front. Johnny was having a hard time getting around him because Frank's bigger than Johnny. Well, that too, but he he could have gassed. Yeah, exactly. He could have gassed out, so that would have been a liability at that point. I mean, but if you're in the front, you just hold a whole everyone else down. That's what Frank did when he was tired. And that's what Johnny did. He when uh well I'll get into it when we discuss it, but Pre- God, <laughs> Preston No, Tuts, I know, man. I know. I get too excited for this season. All right, all right. Let's move on. You guys are special. <clears throat> yes I am. So Chet is team red and Naya is team black. Bananas take charge of Team Black by pairing everyone to their strengths. Jordan notes just says that she doesn't like heights and she then volunteers for the heights portion of the daily. Just rebuttals that she isn't deathly terrified, but she's willing to help. Jordan thinks that is bullshit, and she should pick a different one. Uh, let me ask you guys, whose side do you got, Jess or Jordan? Was Jordan just being a dick in this whole thing by making Jess do something else that she's not comfortable with? Or was Jess in the right by, by being willing to overcome the fears that she does have to help her team? Becky? I think that Jordan is totally off base and wrong. Nobody else wanted to do it. So she said, if nobody else wants to do it, fine, I'll do it. I'll take one for the team. She was trying to be a team player. 
and he was being a dick. I'm not surprised, though, because of just overall what I've seen of Jordan is just he's a cocky ass, and he really thinks that he runs everything. I, I really don't like him in this episode. He's way too full of himself, and he needs to chill the fuck out. Bananas. If Jess is volunteering and no one else is doing it, you let her do it. And if her volunteering won't hurt, she's doing it for herself, she's doing it for her team. If by no one else stepping up, that means everyone else is just as scared as she is. But her volunteering shows she has some confidence in herself and by doing it. So I'm team Jess on this one. Um, I'm team Jordan on this one. Just because... From his perspective, you can see the other team, they're like all like signing up like nicely and casually on the clipboard. And then she right away says she hates heights, but then all of a sudden volunteers to do it. So I feel like it would make no sense for her to go back on her word if she was so adamant on the point that she had to speak about how she hates heights and just a flip flop. So I understood like the frustration there and why he was questioning why she wanted to do it. But at the same time, it's kind of hard because nobody else is volunteering. So the fact that she had to flip-flop, I guess, benefited them in the end. But I don't blame him for getting irritated with her decision. I don't really blame him for getting irritated either. I do think he was a bit aggressive, and he probably should have been more supportive. In this kind of game, you're going to need people to believe in themselves. And sometimes you do got to put logic aside. And just let the magic happen. I felt like he was interfering with that. So I felt like he could have been less aggressive and more supportive. And that's the only thing I really have a problem with. Besides that, he was coming from a logical place. So I, I get it. I really do. So part one is going to be the stairs. TJ blows his horn and Bananas gives Frank a dirty shove to start things off with a bang. It's pretty frantic until they get into a tight staircase and then it gets nasty. There is punching, elbows, tripping, ankle grabbing and general trampling. Four flights in, and everyone is gassed the fuck out. Isaac and Swift are on the roof, listening to the carnage that is slowly climbing their way towards them. Around flight 35, Bananas notices that Frank has a slight lead on him, and it's on the wily vet to even the odds in his favor. I see Frank has sort of a decent lead built on me. I go to phase two, which is okay. Come hell or high water, Cara Maria is not getting past me. Johnny Bananas gasses out and he starts to put Cara in a chokehold. To me, that's just kind of stupid. You don't need to put a girl in a chokehold, Johnny. Johnny eventually lets go of the death grip that he has Cara Maria in and the contest continues. Now, that was a pretty aggressive move by the four-time champ. Now, of course, it's every man for himself, but was Bananas too aggressive in, in the Carver Maria headlock? No, he had both of his hands in front of her head. It wasn't wrapped around her head. It was in front of her head. It's two different things. He was blocked. Yes, he was blocking her from moving on. His arms were not around her head. Because I've seen this clip 10,000 times. I know you're going to bring this up. He did not put her in a chokehold. I'm just saying. Oh, God. Once oh again, we have Johnny Bananas <laughs> like in an issue with another time. female cast member. Start reading a different book. Oh, my God. <laughs> okay, so back then, people were way more friendlier with each other in this healthy competition. Everybody and their fucking mother knew that he was gassed out and that he had nothing else to do. 
I don't feel like it was aggressive. I feel like everybody knew it was a cry for help and some time. And Laurel should be the last one to talk about putting someone on a chokehold because she's just as big and she'd probably do the same thing twice to anyone else. She's just as big? No. Laurel will... She's just as, just as big as an ego and will do the same thing to anyone else. Listen, here's the thing. He was pushing her into a wall. I think it was too aggressive. It was a desperate play because he realized that they were losing. I think that it was unnecessary, uh, but I understand why he did it. So what we have is aggression through desperation. Is that acceptable? All right, back to the stairs. Frank ends up getting there first and tagging Isaac, who runs with a key to open up a puzzle box. All the while, Frank and Leroy block Team Black at the door to the roof. Swift decides to help his team by diving onto the blockade, which actually rocks Toya. Jazz, Anissa, Swift, and CT are on the puzzle for Team Black. CT calmly leads the puzzle team to quick victory, and the red team of Chet, Emily, Isaac, and Johnny are stuck. They get the key to the Black Heights team. At this point, Toya is being seen by a medic and gets put on a stretcher and taken out. Frank is getting frustrated by the lack of no one stepping up on the puzzle part. Emily finally speaks up and gets it done. The black team has a cool three minute lead and now we can fully appreciate timers on the challenge. All right guys, so far so good. Now it's time to start stage three. You're gonna walk down this platform all the way to the end, turn left, but make sure you grab that pink flag in the middle of the rolling log. And you can continue, ring the bell. Devin, you're up first, let's do this. Good luck. What do you guys make about the first part of this daily challenge? They the key. He had to jump over everybody. Yes. Well, how how come he couldn't throw? How come they couldn't throw it over the people? Because his luck, he throws it off the freaking I building, th and then they lose the key. <laughs> I mean, I feel like that's a very very you know, deep throw. You, we all know that would have happened. That's a little bit <laughs> extreme. We <laughs> oh but we all know that would have happened. <laughs> I was reaching up and blocking it, it. like we're like, playing basketball now. Everybody or, you know, at least throw wow. it like kind of in front of him instead of jumping on people. Or what if someone else? You want? What if the you, red team want to talk it, about though? aggressive? What the fuck is he doing jumping on Latoya? I think it was a desperate time. He didn't mean to jump on Latoya. He was trying to jump over the group. <laughs> Mind you, desperate times, desperate, desperate measures. He wasn't meaning to hurt anybody. That's what I was thinking. I'm like, why didn't you crawl in between these people or something? I would have dove, like, low instead of high. So, Devin goes first and stalls when she hits the log. She then gets her balls and shimmies to the flag, and she sits on it. The log spins. She gets tossed off. Brandon's up next. He decides he's going to run full speed. He grabs a flag, and right at the end, the log spins him off. He got to the ledge, but he didn't ring the bell. Now, Jess is up next. She reiterates her fear of heights, but she wants to do this for her team and to prove it to herself. Jess tiptoes to the log. She takes a couple of deep breaths. She puts her foot down, takes it off, and she repeats this process for a uncomfortably long time. Jordan <laughs> tries to amp her up, and she snaps on him. He yells at her. He, like, fucking starts screams at her, like, go, go! That's not amping her up. Just make a move! Make a move for it! You got it! It's wobbly! You don't understand! Shut the f*** up! Jessica's up. She's about to f*** herself standing on the building. Either jump off 
or get across that freaking log. Come on, it's a timing thing. Like, what everybody else was doing, what everybody else was doing was amping her up. You can do it. I believe in you. You got this. He was like, fucking move. Well, yeah, she was eating up a lot of time, though. So it's not looking good. She's shaky and scared. You begin to wonder if it's probably better that she just jumps off and saves the time. But she finally pulls the skirt down and sidesteps towards the flag. She bends down, picks it up, shimmies to the bell, and makes it. And then the crowd goes wild. Never been more happy to eat my words. Thank you, Jessica. We have one across. It's one nothing black over red. And I didn't piss my pants either. So that was a great moment. What do you guys think about Jess overcoming her fears and getting it done, even while Jordan was being not as supportive as he should have been? I'm going to treat Jess the same way I treated D this season. If you have a fear and you are ruining your team's or your individual's time by doing that, either drop or fall. I mean, I'm happy that she was able to overcome it. Okay, so she is the first person to cross the log, get the flag, and ring the bell. I understand it's about time, but the likelihood that everybody else will cross is, is small. So if she's the one person that gets across, who gives a fuck how long it took her to get across? She just got across. All right, Dustin is up next. With no fear, he rushes to the log and he makes his way halfway through with ease. He bends to pick up the flag and the log rolls. He lands back first with force and falls. Jordan is up next. No fear. Slowly and methodically, he gets midway and grabs the flag. The log rolls and he holds on tight, but he eventually falls. <laughs> Karma. Camilla is Red Team's only hope. She gets low, grabs the flag, and hits the bell with impressive speed. Black Team has a small lead and Kohada is up. He shimmies over, grabs the flag, he makes his way over quickly. Now, Jemmy is up. She starts off shaky, stalls a couple steps in, and then she decides <laughs> to jump off. She's just like, yo, fuck this. Like, I'm not built for this shit. She's outie. TJ mentions that Toya bumped her head and Swift feels bad for it. Um, he knows it was his fault, although it was only trying to help his team and was unintentional. But the black team holds on and they get the win. Red team is going to have two members nominated for elimination and the rest are in the draw. Now, this was an amazing, action-packed way to kick off the first episode of Free Agents. On a scale of 1 to 10, how would you rank this daily challenge? Who is impressive and who is disappointing? Veto. Ooh. For this one, I'd probably give it an eight for the first challenge. Just because I liked how most of the people were heavily involved. Aside from the people with the puzzle, you could have stood around, but nobody else, there was no room for laziness or being carried. Um, but I would say I was pretty disappointed with Chet and the puzzles. 
just because he is a self-proclaimed smart guy. <laughs> and um, I was pretty impressed with Jess, the fact that she got across the log after all the drama that came with it. Okay, bananas. I think I'll probably give it an eight as well. It's everything you it's everything you want in a first challenge because it sets the tone for the rest of the season. Um, I mean, someone I'm proud of this first challenge, I would say Naya coming in as a rookie, not really knowing you know everyone's skills in this game, and she picked the perfect team. You know, she picked the winning team to do this, and mm. that's tough, especially as a rookie. You, I have, I'll give her all the credit right there. All right, Becky. I gotta say that I'm most disappointed in Jordan, just the way his behavior was. He overall tanked in this challenge. So I'm really disappointed. Uh, I had higher hopes for him. He's very athletic and, of course, super cocky. So you would expect good from him. And very proud. Again, uh, I agree that I feel like Jess really took it home and really did a great job and made it work. Even though she was terrified of heights, she was one of the few that actually made it across. So give her props for doing, for doing that. I give this whole uh, challenge a, a solid nine. You got people getting hurt. You got roughhousing. You got puzzles. And you've got people challenging and conquering their fears. So I give it a solid nine out of ten. You guys are spoiled as fuck. This daily was a 10 out of 10. It was action-packed. We had timers. We had fighting. We had people getting hurt. We had Johnny Bananas <laughs> woman. This thing had everything. Oh, that <laughs> this daily had everything that the challenge is known for. This is a solid 10 out of 10. The only thing we were missing was an elevator. I hate you. <laughs> That's a terrible joke. Oh my God. I can't believe you brought that up. Oh my God. You're a horrible person. Uh, I'm just joking. I'm just joking. I fucks with bananas. All right. Well, we are the banana centered um, podcast. So, yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, I did find uh, Naya and Jess to be very impressive. I think they really came through and they held it down very well. Uh, I was disappointed by Jordan. He talked a good game. He got all up in Jess's ass about about how she was picking um, for what she was going to do for the team. And then he went and fell off. So that was probably the most disappointing of the challenge. But outside of that, 10 out of 10, it was amazing. But not for everybody. Toya definitely got hurt, but she eventually makes her way back to the crib. She doesn't want to look weak. She walks into a warm welcome. But she scratched up, but was just dehydrated. At this point, Jazz already made the decision to vote her in. Now let's move on to deliberation. The winners try to decide if they want to play it personally or game-wise. Nobody wants to punch above their weight class and make enemies this early in an unknown game. Laurel brings up Toya because she's a rookie and died on the stairs, not taking account of her dehydration are being hurt by Swift. And not taking into consideration, it may be a, a legitimate injury. And also Chet, because he was a captain and he showed no leadership. Bananas disagrees. He wants to go after somebody more stacked. Dustin's name is thrown out, and so is Brandon. Laura wants them to be united, 
but bananas know that it'll evaporate. I think the best decision is, as a team, while we're united, we should try to come to some consensus. If we can't, then it's going to look like a big mess. As much as we're here pretending like we're being united as a team, this is all going to evaporate tomorrow because this is an individual game. This is not a team game. I've never done a challenge where the first vote is this difficult with no. this many people still here. Where are you at, Johnny? He won't say. Let's He's go. saying he doesn't want to say. Let's go with that. Dude, why am I, why am I, why am I going to throw a vote out if I know that no one else is going to go with it, Jordan? Just because you're going to go with the weakest, easiest decision you could possibly make, that makes me an ass. That, that makes me an ass. Then yeah. fine. This game is going to get so nasty. Like, it's going to, like, make you want to, like, throw up, dude, okay? And if it's this ugly this early on, it's only going to get worse. So let me ask you guys. How should the free agents play this when it comes to when it comes to deliberation? Is everybody on their own or is it power in numbers? Becky. Someone else, I just said a pistachio. Veto. I think that there's power in numbers for these deliberations. I think that yes, it's a individual game. Everybody is on their own. However, you don't want to get too many people um with their name thrown out too early so for this big vote you know obviously they're voting against half the cast and so if you all vote five or six different people you're gonna get people coming back for you just for voting for them so it'd be easier to try to stay on the same page because obviously one person's not gonna go after 14 people at the same time bananas i mean yeah having numbers is always great in any game you play because you want because the more numbers the better obviously but i think in this one i don't think numbers really matter as much I feel like it all depending on your name and what you do. If you seem like a threat, I have a feeling they're going to just throw you in there because you can, let's just say, you can be CT. You could be the biggest threat in the game. I wouldn't be scared to throw you in because you're going to, you, the chance of you going up someone that's just as good as a threat as you are is very high with kill card. So it's, I, I honestly, if I was in any situation, I'd go for the best guy out. Becky. At the end of the day, they don't know if this is going to be an individual final or how exactly it's going to work. A lot of times you want to keep some of the strong people there so you can run with them. So I understand why guys have a tendency to want to get the strong guys such as CTs and Dustins or, you know, whoever out. But at the end of the day, I think that they need to think strategically. Going after the rookies is less of an issue and they do need to work as a group. Because, honestly, after two or three votes start going, you'll just see everybody going with the crowd anyway. So you might as well just agree. So TJ arrives. Now the voting breaks down like this. Bananas votes. Latoya and Chet. Johnny votes. Latoya and Dustin. CT votes. Latoya, Dustin. Kohada. Latoya and Chet. Preston. Teresa and Frank. Jordan. Latoya and Dustin. Swift. Emily and Chet. Now for the females, Laurel votes Latoya and Chet, Nani, Latoya and Isaac, Devin, Emily and Leroy, Jessica votes Latoya and Chet, Anissa, Latoya and Brandon, also, where's the black love, man? Jasmine, Latoya and Chet, and Naya votes Latoya and Chet. TJ reminds everyone that this is an individual game, but Toya is going in. And Chet knows he's not a threat. 
So now it's time for the draw. Now the rest of Team Chet, you're all taking part in the draw. So come on down. Okay, guys, here's how this works. There's a symbol like that under two cards on those boards, one for the guys and one for the girls. That symbol represents the kill card. You're going to flip your card over. If you have that symbol on it, you have the kill card. That means you're staying down here with me and going against Chet or Latoya. However, if you flip the card and it's blank, it's your lucky night. That means you're going to go right back up there with the group and go for the big money. Cool? All right, let's get started. Carmaria, you're first. Come on. Carver goes first. She's safe. Dustin, safe. Johnne, safe. Zach, safe. Emily, safe. Leroy, safe. And then Jemmy. She pulls the kill card. Jemmy had a premonition in her gut. Today was going to be her day, but she is ready to go, and she definitely got her shoulder pads on. Frank gets the kill card as the first and only up for the gentleman. So, it's going to be Toya versus Jemmy and Chet versus Frank. Chet is up first. Frank immediately grabs his shirt and tosses him down. Chet gets his strength back and starts to stand up, but Frank knocks the ball loose on the ascension. Now it's Frank's turn. Frank goes head up, but Chet holds his own, and they begin to swing each other around several times until Frank takes a step out of bounds. At this point, even Bananas is impressed by the fight that Chet is putting up. Here we go. Good game, guys. Good game. Keep it up. To everyone's shock and amazement, Chet literally manhandles Frank and throws him out of the ring. Chet's actually got a shot. Wait, I got blood. Now Chet says he has blood and the game is stopped and he's checked on. He has a gnarly cut under his chin and it is leaking blood everywhere. Frank apologizes and everyone has a worried look on their face. And then TJ approaches. All right, Chet, so how's it going? Not well, I guess, but I have a cut in my chin. Yeah, you're good to go, Chet. Come on, Chet. Dirt on it, Chet. You can get some stitches right now and forfeit, or you can just play with a Band-Aid and make it happen and then get some stitches after. Wait, I got blood. It's got to be sewn up, like. All right, Chet. You can get some stitches right now and forfeit, or you can just play with a Band-Aid and make it happen and then get some stitches after. Chat ends up cutting his precious milky skin. That's his pretty face. I wouldn't want someone messing with mine. For the sake of my face and this cut, I would rather not create a larger gash in my face. I don't know anybody who hasn't cut their chin right here. Do it. You do your thing. You do it. Go get, go get stitches if that's what you got to do. I think you'd regret it. I mean, I, I know that may sound like a way out, but I mean, it's my face. OK, so you're going to forfeit? Yeah. There you go, buddy. Chat. All right, check. Go ahead and get your stitches. Make it happen. No worries. Chet, not wanting to risk making the cut worse and chancing a bacterial infection in a third world country. Jesus Christ, what a fucking douche. <laughs> he, he opts to forfeit the elimination and receive stitches, much to the dismay of TJ and pretty much everybody else in the peanut gallery. <laughs> Frank wins the elimination by forfeit. So, Chet quit. He fucking quit because he got a cut. Um, how do you guys feel about that? Um, Becky, start it off. 
Oh, the poor baby got a cut on his chin. Oh, he gonna have to go home and get some stitches. No, he's, it's stupid. He needs to grow the fuck up. It's really not that big of a deal. He obviously didn't want the money. So I'm glad he went home because he's a bitch and he deserves to be sent home. <laughs> I wouldn't quit. It's just because, you know, that's just who I am. I would say I don't see myself quitting for stitches. I, I don't know. I think it's a coward way out. I would at least fight. And then I would, if I lose, I lose. But no, if I'm in the, if I'm in the thing for money, I'm going to fight for it. I'm not going to just have a... Uh, because he was probably have, what, five stitches max, I would say. So I wouldn't really... I've had... I had worse, and I fought with worse. So, I mean, it's a coward way out. But were you in a third world country? <laughs> nope. <laughs> No. <laughs> Listen, Bananas has only been to a third world country one time, and it's when he went to Florida. <laughs> Wait, is it though? I don't. A serious question though. <laughs> Listen, Wait, the only good thing about Florida is I stand who I want to. No. That's it. It is. It is. I'm dumb. I don't know. Don't yes. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I, I honestly, honestly, I would have quit too. Because blood freaks me out. I would have been like completely like lightheaded, probably would have fainted if I saw that coming off of my chin. Now listen, I know he has I know he has a phobia. He fears oh my God. anything that's black or Latino like or fucking liberal. <laughs> like I get it. I know. I get it. But but it's him actually quitting, very true, so <laughs> Yes, it is. Him quitting was just ugh, ew. Come on, man. Like, what the fuck did you even come here for? You didn't think you was going to get cut? You didn't think there was ever going to be blood? What the fuck you think this was? A whole bunch of trivia? <laughs> can't do a puzzle. You can't do anything physical. The fuck you come for? Stay your ass at home. Fuck out of here. Well, he did. He did. I, as a full devil's advocate, he did say that he was a germaphobe. Exactly. And he was scared of getting an infection. And that would freak him out. So. <laughs> now, do I still think he's a bitch? Yes, I think he's a whiny little bitch that should have never come on the challenge and he should have let somebody else who was actually there to play come. I agree with you 100%. Now, let's get on to some real challengers. Toya is up first on offense. Toya takes a step forward, then hits Jimmy with the stutter step, shake and bake, cuts right, and takes the ball directly to the hole. Surprises everyone with her athleticism. Jimmy is up next. She takes the right, she takes the right side, stiff arm, spin to the left, drops the ball in the hole. She gets a point. Now Toya's back up. She steps up, put her arms out. Jim grabs her shirt and pulls her to the ground. The whistle blows and Jimmy horse collar tackles Toya, who gets pulled back down. There's a scuffle and some kicks were thrown and TJ has to remind the ladies that this isn't a wrestling match and they are separated. Jimmy is on offense and she tries to spin move but gets put on her back. Toya tries to rip the ball and Jim starts kicking her leg that what pisses her off. Toya finally gets it knocked loose. Round three is tied 1-1. Toya takes her time, then shoots a shot, rushes forward, spins left, and with, with two hands and Jim on her like white on rice, double hands the ball directly into the hole. Now Jimmy doesn't fuck around this time 
She bulldozes, she bulldozes a direct path through Toya and is tied up 2-2. Round four. Toya charges forward, gets low, but this time spins right and Jemmy gets flung. She cruises to an easy win. Now Jemmy's back up again. Jemmy lunges forward but loses her footing and slips while Toya is coming up to play defense and she knees Jem hard in the face. Jemmy's on her knees with her head draped over in a defensive ball while Toya smells the blood in the water and goes for the kill. She gets inside control, stand up, and puts the ball into the hole. Toya tries to bulldoze Jem, but Jem wraps around her waist and pulls her out of bounds pretty quickly. 3-2. Now Jemmy's back up again. She rushes forward, but Toya stands tall and gets her hand on the shirt. Jem tries shaking her, but she stands on her like a fly on shit and ends up pulling Jemmy out of bounds and wins the elimination. The peanut gallery cheers the girls on for an amazing battle and the competitors hug it out. Jemmy is coming off a finals win, and this is hard, and she leaves Toya with some parting words. You proved yourself. They're not coming for you anymore. I promise you that. And Jemmy was a class act on her way out. Now that was a hell of a fucking elimination. I think both girls did a great job. How did you guys feel about the elimination? Veto. It was actually a really good one. A lot of uh, physical contact, and I was actually really surprised at how much they both wanted it. Bananas. I mean, this elimination itself, you know, the game, it's easily top three, I mean, all-time favorite ones. And this outcome, you know, made me like, even a lot better. You know, at the time, I didn't really care for Jimmy because that first season, but now as I was rewatching it, seeing her go home first, I was like, ah, oh, this is a nice season. Becky. I mean, the girls really left it all on that floor. They... They battled it out and put their heart into everything. Um, I didn't honestly, as much as Jemmy always puts a lot into it, I didn't see her as this much of a competitor. So I'm actually really proud at the effort that she put out and the fact that she managed to really manhandle Toya a lot of the times. So it's very inspiring. The girls did great, and I'm glad for them. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to Love War Challenges. What's good? What up, Malik? This is Cara Maria. This is a shout out to the Love War and Challenges podcast. You're totally awesome. At this point, we want to do our episode MVP for the Challengers of the Week. Malik, who do you got? Well, for the ladies... Originally, I wanted to go with Jess because she overcame um, the aggressive behavior from Jordan, but I'm going to go with Toya. She took a big hit. Uh, she didn't do well on the stairs, but just the battle that she put up with Jemmy during the first episode, I thought was really amazing, and I thought it really set the tone for how her season was going to go. So I'm going to give it. To, so I'm going to give it to Toya. For the boys, I am actually going to give it to Bananas. Even though he wasn't the captain, he pretty much took over the team. He put everybody in a position where their strengths could be best displayed. He believed in Jess enough to go put her on the log, uh, to put her on the log part of the of the daily elimination. So I give it to him mainly because there wasn't a lot of other good uh, good choices out there. But I give it to Bananas. Vero, who do you got? Um, for the females, I think I'm going to also give it to LaToya. 
Um, I was impressed by her, especially because it's her rookie season and, you know, she put in a lot of work for this first episode. Got injured, came back, and then won her elimination. So I was pretty impressed and I hope that uh, she continues as time goes on. For males, it's kind of difficult. Um, I agree with Malik that Bananas had a big component in their team's win today. But I was also very impressed by Frank. I didn't. Ex- I know he's good at physical eliminations, but the short-lived battle that he had with Chet was actually pretty good Lies. to me. So I think I'm going to give it to Frank. Becky, who do you got? Uh, I'm going a little bit against the grain. I actually want to give the MVP to Jemmy for putting a what? huge battle out there. Now, yes, she lost, but she was pulling moves out. She was fighting. You just didn't expect to see her do that. I, I 100%, even though I've seen her in the past seasons, was not expecting her to be very physical. She's not known for that. So I, I'm very impressed by her. So I got to give it to Jemmy. Even though she lost, she killed it. Uh, for the guys, I think I'm also going to go with Frank. Uh, he really gave all to that, um, to that elimination, even though Chet is his friend. He didn't hold back, and even though, and I kind of like that he split Chet's chin. I'm not gonna lie, <laughs> Chet deserved it for being a dick. But anyway, uh. I enjoy the fact that he was bleeding. Uh, but anyway, <laughs> so I got to give it to Frank again because he he really put his heart and and a lot of effort into this elimination, going into it not not being really ready, being the first one to do the draw and going through the whole thing. So. Give it to Frank. All right. Pretty solid. Um, I think I'm going to go with Naya and Bananas just for the same reason. Um, Naya picked the team together, the winning team, and Bananas just played chess. You know, he put, he put them where they had to go, and that's how they won. And He was a coach. They both were the main reasons why their team won. I mean, don't get me wrong. Their team did compete, and they did their best, but I feel like take those two take away the main two components of how that team got there, they don't win. Moving on, it's time to break down the fifthmajorsport.com week one power ranking provided by Tyler Louder. Make sure to give him a follow on Twitter at DailyJorder and at the fifth sport. Hey, what's going on, family? Tyler Louder here, also known as Daily Jorder over on Twitter. I'm here to break down episode one of MTV The Challenge's free agents. These are our power rankings. Let's get to the top 10. Coming in at number one, we got CT. CT is always a favorite to win every daily challenge and every season as that he's on, at least back then. <laughs> in this challenge, CT took over the middle aspect of the daily challenge, which was the puzzle, completely destroyed the opposing team in time, and got his team the lead. On top of that, he also won a one-on-one basketball game against Teresa, and because of that, he got plenty of interviews and airtime. Number two comes into Laurel. Now, Laurel is always known for being a physical, dominating presence among all the females. But that's not why she's number two this week. She's number two because of her social game. When it came down to nominations, both the people she wanted thrown into elimination got voted in, that being Chet and LaToya, showing her power she has on the other competitors. Number three is Frank. During the daily challenge, he was outpacing Johnny Bananas the entire time, dragging all five of his teammates up the stairs. He also won an elimination through forfeit, but still won nonetheless. Number four is Kahuta. Kahuta is always calm, cool, and collective. And when it came down to get under pressure, 
he went across that rolling log faster than everybody else that went across it. Naya comes in at number five for us. Reasons being, she picked all the teams. Rounding out the top 10 is Jessica, Teresa, Bananas, Camilla, and Jordan. All the way at the bottom two, number 25 and 26, is almost a tie. It's Isaac and Emily. The reason these two fall to the very bottom is due to their terrible <laughs> effort on that puzzle. They lost the lead for their team. I guess he wasn't happy with them. potentially cost their team a win here. They also got very little airtime, and when they did get airtime, it was almost for naught. Well, there you have it, family. You Our know week what? one power rankings for free agents. He's Thanks the fucking savage here. I'll see you guys <laughs> next week. Take care. I love him. You know what? Yo, listen, I was ready to tear apart his list, but after he explained it, I was just like, holy shit, that actually kind of makes sense. But, uh, I don't know. Well, think, what do you disagree with? I st- still wouldn't put T at one. I would put Naya at one, regardless. Oh, well, no, you're bugging. No, I, oh. think, I think Frank. Frank and CT should be well, switched. I, I can see Naya. that. Naya is the reason why. I think because we're looking at it more of a whole, like being asked and, he, and he's just looking at it as step by step. But the way I see it, I think um, Naya, she's the reason why Naya and Bananas are the reason why CT did the puzzle. No one knows um, CT strength like that besides Bananas or well, what if he flopped? Obviously, <laughs> yeah. He could have had a bad CT day. Then. But, that's on but then Naya wouldn't be first place know. if CT flopped. I wouldn't put yeah, Naya in exactly. first place. Yeah, I wouldn't either. I would put I would put but, Frank at first place yeah, over exactly. them. No, but but you have to realize what for Naya as a rookie to put together a great. She has team, eyes. To, she could. She got she got picked out of a hat. I mean, she knows these. Like I I think she would watch these seasons and kind of know where the strengths lie. And I don't understand why anybody wouldn't choose CT as number one. He's peak form I mean, at this CT point. I mean, CT wasn't even the first pick. Jordan was. But it, he's, I'm not even talking about how they were picked. I'm just talking about overall, he is a threat. Everybody is always scared of CT. That's, that's the bottom line. At this point, he is the number one threat to every single guy there. He's physical. He's obviously good at puzzles. And at the end of the day, I think he's he has a better social game than he gives himself credit for. I can I can definitely agree with that. I, I don't. His social game is put me in, I will come back and destroy you. That's his social <laughs> game. It's still a social, his social game. Social game is put me in, I fucking dare you. I'm gonna come back and rip your fucking head off. Yeah, you say yeah, my name, you're gonna regret it. He's not here making a line to saying scratch my back, I'll scratch yours. He says screw, stab my back, I'll fucking punch you in the face. Now that's that's a little bit of a lie because he's always had a great social game with the ladies. So he he knows where his bread is buttered in a lot of times and he knows he needs to butter up the ladies. Now the guys are just threatened by him. So yeah, he'll he's gonna use what he's got, which is I will fuck you up. Send me in, I dare you, and I'll come home and bust your face in. I mean, all right, all right. don't get me wrong. CT Veto. is a great guy. All right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right, all right. Okay, 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 okay. Veto. <laughs> yes. How do you feel about the list? <laughs> I, I actually like. I understand all his points, but at the same time, I do think Frank and CT switch. 
especially just because the comments that we made earlier about Frank, um, you know, he was uh, he did good in the elimination, but then Tyler had points about Frank leading the team up the staircase. So mm. I think Frank dominated this episode a little bit more than CT, but that's just my personal opinion. I do see why he chose CT at the same time. Uh, yeah, after looking at the list, when it comes to the top 10, uh, especially after explaining his points, uh, <laughs> like the only thing I would say is switch CT and Frank. And that'd be about it. Once we get past the list, sure, you can make a lot of changes. Uh, Devin being ahead of Kara, I don't know what type of sense that make. Uh, Probably just commentary. Yeah. It's just the first episode. It, it, exactly, yeah, I'm not going to get too much into it. Swift being ahead of anybody. Well... <laughs> You know. <laughs> hey, no, no, no. Swift deserves it. He's the and they're sleeping be- on Preston again. <laughs> he saved the key from falling off the building. <laughs> oh my god. All right. So I think that was a really action packed, um, a definitely a great first episode of Free Agents. Um, here at Love War Challenges, we are so excited to bring you guys more. We're gonna be putting these episodes out on our Twitter every Sunday. And then you're going to hear the podcast on the Monday that follows. Once the season starts, you can expect to hear it. You can expect to hear our episodes go back to be on Friday. And so we should be at two a week after that. Make sure you guys go visit the store at shop.lovewarchallenges.com. Pick up your t-shirts. Pick up your suck my whole dick t-shirts. Pick up the banana stand. And make sure you guys pick up the, uh, the stir the pot and pot of dick and t-shirt also. All right, guys, anything else we need to get into before we close it out? Do we want to know about the Marie Angela fight that's currently going on and is hilarious? No, I don't give a, a shit about fuck them. Less. Angela follows me, and I don't Dude, know why. it's fucking hilarious. <laughs> she has like her Angela. fans blocked, but, me follow- but she follows me. Like, I, wait, I liked her on the challenge, but now I don't care she for her. Let me just tell, you, let me tell you one of the tweets. Hold on, let me just give you this tweet. She says, I'm donating all the money y'all are sending me tonight, including the $100 from Marie TBD to Lung Association in her name. Hashtag <laughs> cigarettes are killers. Hashtag they travel in packs. <laughs> That's fucking funny. Is she cigarette shaming her? Yes, she's cigarette shaming her. Yo, Angela's dragging okay. Marie. Me and Yo, Marie, Marie are cool again, so I gotta defend her again. She getting this work. No, did you see? So Marie Vemo'd oh, Angela $100 and said this. I think because Angela, uh, well, I don't know if she was bitching saying that she owed her money. She was making a funny comment about it. It was, it was, it was honestly like a joke. Like, yeah, you also owe me for that pack of cigarettes. And she's like, oh, I'll send you $100. So she did. And then at the end, you see Angela comment back. Thank your daddy for me. (laughs) (laughs) Like... Marie is going to fight with anybody who's willing to respond to her. All reality, I'm kind of over it. Apparently, she also donated a box of clothes to Marie. Because <laughs> apparently, uh, Marie was making fun of the fact that she was promoting herself in her videos. And it's <laughs> a good thing that she's donating this money to the lung cancer people. And she says, much better than the charity than donating a box of clothes to you. Before you film the challenge, because you were too broke to buy a new shirt. Ooh, <laughs> but I, but don't worry, you can keep those. I can imagine crusted puke and cigarette burns are hard to get out anyway. <laughs> Yo, 
Yo, she's savage. She's fucking savage as shit. Oh, oh but Lord. you know what? I'm not, you know what? Y'all already know what time it is with, with, with us and Marie. So I'm just going to leave that there. I'm going to let, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to let Angela handle it from here on out. I'm sorry. I'm just too busy laughing at this whole situation. It's ridiculous. And these jokes, like, honestly, like they tell themselves. <laughs> All right, guys. Is there anything else we need to touch on before we get out of here? Yeah, who are you paying for our good iTunes reviews? All of them say, I love Malik. MTV Malik is so funny. I want to know. Love you guys, especially MTV Malik. I actually haven't been looking at the reviews actually in quite a while. Um, What does it say? This one was pretty good. I'll read it. They Okay, so this one is titled Hilarious by A. Snotty. And I excuse you. I'm sorry if I read that incorrectly. These guys are pretty solid. Great format and witty banter. Love how they go into every detail of an episode. A little advice. <laughs> don't take yourself so seriously. Would love to know about the hosts more and to make more of a connection with them. Love you guys, especially MTV Yo, that's, Malik. That's dope. That's dope. <laughs> wow. Hey. Wow. Wow. So I think with that being said, we should do a meet the co-host Malik episode. Bring it uh, back because we only did Antonio. Uh, yeah, I did, win this, the, I did win the second fan vote. And we never did record the episode because, you know, everything was going by so fast. Um, all right. I guess we could find some time to, to get the episode in. We'll resurface it. We'll ask the people for some questions now that we have a little bit of a bigger following fan base and, you know, get some questions. Then we'll all right, continue I, the other three episodes. Okay. I definitely agree with that. Uh, if you guys have any questions for me uh, personally, go ahead and send them in to our Send it to our Twitter at LWC Podcast or send it to us by email at suggestions at lovewarchallenges.com. Uh, I'd love to hear what you guys will, uh, I would love to hear what you guys want to know. I never really, uh, I didn't really put a lot of thought into it. So, you know, whatever you guys want to ask, nothing is off limits. So just let me know. Outside of that, bananas, close us out. All righty. Another great episode, Potsters. Hope you enjoyed it. Make sure you stay updated by following us on Twitter and Instagram at LWC Podcast. Join us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash lovewarchallenges. Also, check out our website, lovewarchallenges.com. Make sure why listen to us on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and iHeartRadio. Give us those five stars. Give us a great review. And most importantly, subscribe. Have a great day, Potsters. Peace. Hey, hey, hold on a second. Hold on a second. Make sure you guys keep an eye out for our website. We are also going to start doing articles about the episode breakdowns and the podcast breakdowns written by Leoko. So make sure you guys check that out. That should go up sometime this week. Uh, I'll let you guys know on our Twitter. And we'd love to see you guys there. Have a great day, posters. Peace.